What up, yo? This is Wes Candela, and this is the Voices Film and Television Podcast. gave us the Bates Motel, the prequel to the story of Norman Bates and Norma Bates, the prequel to Psycho, the Alfred Hitchcock 1960 masterpiece. And what Carlton Cuse did was go back five seasons, five ten-episode seasons, and gave us a backstory starting with Norma and Norman buying the Bates Motel and starting to run it and moving to this fictional town in the Pacific Northwest where all this crazy shit starts to go down around them, partially because Norman suffers from blackouts and during these blackouts he becomes, as I hope you know, he becomes a maniac. You know what? Let me stop myself right there and let me say this. This is a spoiler-infused episode. Spoiler-infused. I am going to spoil the shit out of everything I bring up. And I'm going to warn you right now, I bring up a little bit of Sons of Anarchy because I talk about Ryan Hurst, Opie, amazing Standing ovation, fantastic. And I'm going to spoil the finale to season four of Beats and season five, the whole fucking thing. I'm not going to try to go too crazy in depth because we got a lot to cover. So let's just get right to it. Let's start with the little, uh, let's start with the little Beats, little Beats Motel. Everything you need to know about the show so far. family up here? No, just my mother. Just my mother. Oh, you're gonna live with your mother? Dad? This is the story of Norman Bates and his mother, Norma Louise Bates, a widow and her son with an unusually close bond, looking for a fresh start in beautiful White Pine Bay. This is crazy, Mom. It's not crazy. We're gonna run this place. We own a motel, Norman Bates. Come on, I wanna show you the house. You're new. What's your name? There, Norman becomes friends with a town it girl, Bradley Martin. You're different. What's so different about me? Oh, it's just a feeling I get. And the girl next door, Emma Dakota. Do you have some sort of chronic illness? No. Well. I just wanted to make sure you're okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Norman also finds a connection with his new teacher, Miss Watson. I think you're an old soul, Norman. Does it feel like you understand things that are way beyond your years? It seems like the perfect town to start a new life. You made it blue. It's your favorite color. That's cool, Mom. Yeah. It's ours, Norman. It's our very own. Unfortunately for Norma and Norman, White Pine Bay isn't as welcoming as it first appears to be. I'm Keith Summers. This is my family's property. What makes you think you can run this place by yourself? Because I can. Now get the hell off my property. You liked it. 
afraid to trust the local sheriff, Alex Romero. Yes, Sheriff? What mind if we uh, take a look inside? We... The two decide to cover up their crime. I love you, Norman. You're the best thing that has ever happened to me. I love you too, Mom. And as they struggle to settle in... Hey, Mom. Dylan Massett, Norma's estranged son, shows up at her door. You know, it's a really nice town you picked here, Norma, to uh, start a new life and all, Stop you know? calling me Norma. Dylan starts asking questions about her husband's death. Let me tell you what happened that night that Sam died. It's now apparent what Norma's running from. Sam's death was an accident. That's what he believes. What's wrong with him? I don't know. He doesn't know what he was doing, so he needs to be protected. But Norma is unable to protect Norman from himself. What are you doing? Norman? Norman? Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Sometimes you hear and see things that aren't there. It's not true. You know, it's like some kind of trance or something. Norman tries to keep things normal. You still like her, don't you? That's ridiculous. Take a bit of go. Yeah. Norman, can I talk to you inside for a sec? <laughs> Stay away from her. But with Norman feeling lost, Ms. Watson is there for him, as she always seems to be. What are you doing walking in the rain? Come on, get in! That's when Norman has a vision and bad Norma appears. You know what you have to do. And where things start to get really confusing for Norman. Everything's all right now, Norman. Everything is good. Despite their rocky start, Norma is determined to make things work. Good morning. How's it going? Where's Norman? He's supposed to be here. Norman has a new hobby. You spend your days taking apart dead animals. It's just weird. And Dylan sticks around, finding a lucrative niche in the White Pine Bay way of life. Things are looking up. That is, until Norman becomes a person of interest in Miss Watson's murder. Miss Watson is dead. Yeah, we go to her house. I did, yeah. Yeah, one. I, I don't remember exactly. Hey, I'm looking for Norma Bates. Who are you? I'm her brother. Meanwhile, another dark chapter from Norma's past catches up to her. Norma, can I tell you something that I've never told anybody? My brother used to make me have sex with him. You have to leave. Get out! Caleb's return hits brother against brother and leaves a family splinter. Oh, I'm not gonna let him hurt you! No, he can't help it! It's his dad! Caleb is his dad. I'm sorry. Things get even more complicated when Norma discovers that Norman has been lying about the night Miss Watson died. You are obsessed with that dead woman. Why? Why, Norman? Why are you obsessed with her death? I went to her house that night. The night she was killed. Did you sleep with her? <laughs> I don't really remember. And new evidence makes Norman the prime suspect. The semen sample in Blair Watson, the one that we never identified and matched, Norman Bates. Stocked with bottles. In White Pine Bay, it always seems that trouble is just around the corner. And as Dylan makes his name in the drug trade, he learns that its roots touch nearly everyone in town. That's my dad's car. Enraged by her father's death, Bradley Martin takes matters into her own hands by killing her father's murderer. Did you mean what you said, that you'd always be here for me? Good. Because I need your help. Together, they fake Bradley's suicide. I always knew there was something special about you. But the ghost of Miss Watson continues to haunt Norman when Romero comes knocking. Why are you lying to me? I didn't, I didn't lie to you. You did. I know you had sex with Blair Watson the night she was murdered. I need to know the truth, Norman. Norman! Under extreme stress, Norman flashes back and must face what really happened that night. Norman! Norman? You know what 
you have to do. Afraid he'll harm someone else, Norman realizes there's only one way out. There's something wrong with me, I'm bad. You're not bad. You've never meant to hurt anybody in your life. But I did, I know I did. You don't know what's real and what's not, Norman. You have these blackouts and they confuse you. <sighs> Frightened of the monster inside him, Norman agrees to take a polygraph test to find out definitively if he killed Miss Watson. Have you ever had sex with one of your teachers? Yes. Was this teacher Blair Watson? Yes. Did you kill Blair Watson? That's when Bad Norma takes the blame. Norman, you didn't kill Blair Watson. I did. Norman's innocence is a huge relief for Norma, but she still worries about him everywhere she goes. Do you know anything about blackouts? Norma and Norman's relationship becomes too close for comfort, and Dylan is sure to let Norma know. Norman's 18. He, he shouldn't be sleeping in the same bed as his mom. You're overreacting. It, it, he just fell asleep. It's not a big deal. All right, fine. <laughs> Sheriff Romero can't help but be drawn in by Norma and the Bates family, but he can never seem to make the right move. Okay. <laughs> But before life can return to normal... I'll sit with you while you have your lunch, sweetheart. Norman's blackouts become more frequent. Tell human voices, sweetheart. Hey, Jenna. Norman's behavior becomes even more disturbing. He's feeling up his mother as she sleeps, right there. Norman! He's spying on people you can't having sex like in a hotel Norman. room. Normal. Norma decides she needs a break from the family to clear her head. Mother! Your brother will look after you! She can't do this, she can't leave me! It was more than Norman could handle. What are you doing? Sit down, honey. I'm just making some breakfast. French toast. Are you feeling better? Oh, I'm fine. Got some beautiful blackberries yesterday. Can we get them out of the fridge? Norman? Norman's sleeping. He thinks he's you, Norma. something. We have to deal with it. And as his downward spiral continues, Bradley returns to try to convince him to leave White Pine Bay. But Mother would never let Norman leave without a fight. Did you really think you'd be able to lure Norman away from me with that hot little sex kitten routine of yours? What are you talking about? I practically invented this routine.
After killing Bradley, Norman breaks with reality and disappears to the outskirts of White Pine Bay. Mother, stop talking about it. Hey, fella. I miss my mother. She doesn't know what she's doing. I'm not telling him anything. Why don't you come with me, son? Norman is brought to a psych ward against his will. Where am I? You're at the county hospital. I don't remember anything. Fearing their secrets will be exposed, Norma downplays his problems. Have you ever known him to be dangerous? No, not at all. Who is his doctor? He doesn't have one. Are you a Christian scientist? No. Do you know that it could be seen as negligent that you never took your son to a doctor even though he clearly has issues? Norma's finally able to bring Norman home, but knows she must get him help before things get even worse. You need to see a doctor, a professional who could help you. We can try, but you must promise me that you won't ever send me to a place like that. I had horrible dreams in that place. I dreamt you killed Bradley Martin and bashed her brains out on a rock. Desperate to get her son into treatment, Norma makes a proposal as only she can. I don't have any insurance, and I can't even get him on the waiting list without it. So? You have insurance, so I thought maybe you could marry me. It wasn't like you're doing anything else. And as Norma's friend Emma awaits a lung transplant, her mother shows up in town, looking to reunite with her daughter. You're Emma's mother? I would like to talk to you if I could. Emma wrote to me and told me how close the two of you are. What sort of a person runs away from their sick child? Do you have any idea what pain she suffered? Feeling abandoned by her own mother. Trapped in his own delusion, Norman blames Norma for the murder he committed and turns on her. There's something dark in you, mother. I know you killed that woman. And you, you are trying to pin it all on me and have me locked up. Why well, I'm not going to let you do that. Fearing for her life, Norma calls Romero in a panic. Poor little Norma. Norma, don't do this. We just don't belong in this world. Who shows up just in time. Norma! <gasps> You're gonna come with me. Okay, we're gonna take you to get some help. I love you. I hope you know that. In the midst of the chaos, what started as a marriage of convenience... You may kiss the bride. ...ignites into real passion. Are you sure you want to do this? I'm sure I want to do this right now. But even with Norman finally getting the help he needs, his feelings of betrayal grow. I am only here because of my mother. Why are you angry at her? I can't tell you that. Actually, you can. It's safe here. And his anger reaches a new level. I know you're angry at me right now, and I don't blame you. I just want you to forgive me. I don't forgive you. I can't forgive you. You have painted me in a corner that I cannot get out of, and I have never been so disappointed in anyone. Norman. I feel like I abandoned him. You're doing the right thing for him. What if he says something wrong? All the secrets that I've tried to hide, things that other people won't understand. I have reason to believe that my mother is insane and might be killing people. Now what they skipped out on there, and what I'm gonna fill you in on, is the fact that Norman gets out. He gets out and convinces the psychiatrist, Dr. Edmonds, that he's doing fine and everything's going good. You got to understand, Freddie Highmore, man, the acting, he has to play two different characters, as does Vera Farmiga. And they both deserve such major accolades for the work that they do in this show. It, it, it's intense. Nestor Carbonell plays Sheriff Romero. And the relationship between him and Norma from really the, the beginning, you know, you just know they're going to fall in love. So when it finally happens that they get married out of convenience, to get him help 
and they they actually start to fall in love. You see this wonderful relationship start to bloom that you've been waiting seasons, agonizing, just to see them kiss. And when they finally do, and they get married, they get married, they're sleeping in separate bedrooms, and then suddenly they kiss, and all of a sudden, bang, it, it just it turns into a full-blown romance and it's beautiful. And there's this relief that Norman's locked up in this insane asylum getting help for Norma. She all of a sudden doesn't have to worry about all this because honestly, she's killed somebody in front of him that tried to break in and rape her during season one. After all the shit that she's gone through, what they what they don't explain to you in this recap, which is an A and E recap that I watched, and I thought I should play to fill you in again. Spoiler infused. I told you, don't listen to this. Don't listen to this podcast if you want to watch the show and don't you know want anything spoiled for you. It's the this is the wrong podcast to be listening to, but what they don't what they don't tell you is that her brother used to have sex with her. Norman's brother is the product of incest between Norma and her brother. And the actor's name is Max Theriot. He has to grapple with with that over the course of these five seasons, with being the the product of incest and then getting to know his uncle slash father coming to accept this man as his father. They actually develop a relationship and start to get along. And he starts a relationship with, with Norma, with his mom, who he always calls Norma up until the end, because that's coming. Norman gets out and in this really sick scene, Norman comes home, acts all cool, like everything's going fine. And and when Norma goes to bed one night, he blows out the uh, pilot light and turns the gas up in the house and lays next to her on the floor and tries to kill them both in a double suicide. And Sheriff Romero kicks in the door at the end of season four, kicks in the door just in time to save Norman because Norma's dead. And it's fucking awful. It's awful. I, I remember the feeling like you're so attached. And again, this is me in love with television and long format storytelling that you have the ability to invest in these characters and emotionally invest in them and get to know them and, and feel these relationships and develop these bonds with them as they develop bonds with each other on set during the course of a six-month, seven-month shoot every year for the five years that they're working together and to watch her character die, which we know is going to happen if you've watched Psycho, and I hope you know that. I hope you've watched Psycho also because I'm spoiling that for you too. Um, he's convinced that his mother is the one that's doing all of these horrible things. And when he tries to kill them both and he survives... He's convinced that she's not dead because she's always around. So at the end of the season, Sheriff Romero is on to Norman and he knows what he's done. He knows that Norman doesn't like that she's been married. She's gotten married to him and has fallen in love because there can only be one man in Norma's life. Just as with Norma, she was pretty possessive of Norman. And no woman was ever good enough for him, but it wasn't to that ex it wasn't to the psychotic extent that Norman had it built up in his delusional mind. So Romero was after him, Sheriff Romero, and Nestor Carbonell. He he's directed a bunch of episodes of the show. He did a great job. Uh, I love his acting. He was he was Richard in the show Lost. 
and uh, he's amazing. The guy's amazing. Uh, amazing acting there, but the pain that 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 he conveys in those in those scenes at the end of season four, oh, it's just so tangible. He's a little bit dirty of a sheriff, so he gets put in prison at the end, and that leads us into season five. And when season five opens, you know, we're kind of wondering what's going to go on. I was wondering, is Vera going to be in the show? And then I started to see the ads for it in the city, and you just saw a dead Norma. <laughs> so it was kind of spoiling it for any for everybody anyway. But she was like this stuffed, dead, glassy, foggy-eyed Norma sitting on a chair. And what happens is he digs her up from her grave and he stuffs her and he puts her in a freezer to keep her so that he can see her and be with her at all times. And all of a sudden she manifests and he hallucinates that she's there living with him in the house and that she's faked her own suicide. So in the beginning of the season, season, you're now not seeing the nurturing, caring Norma that you've seen for the past four seasons. You're seeing the you're seeing the Norma that Norman has come to know. The psychotic, angry, vindictive, possessive, what? evil Norma. Norman, what's right? wrong? Why are you being mean to me? Don't act like her. I know you're not. I made you up. I made all this up. I'm not even sure Dylan just called me. I probably made that up too. Oh, come on. No one made anyone up. Okay, we all just exist. Like orphan planets spinning around in space with no purpose. It's all real and it's not real. I made you up. So is that not real? I made you up. That? How about that? I made you up. I made you up. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. anything she's just a nice girl would it really be that awful if i had a friend oh here we go oh mother what is wrong with what you? is wrong with me well let me see for uh let's see for starters i am dead and why am i pretending to be dead so i could get away from everyone and everything that could distract me from you okay i know that and i appreciate it you appreciate it appreciate like i baked you a coffee cake or something I spend 24-7 in this house looking after you, feeding you, bolstering your moods, doing your laundry. I can't leave. I can't go anywhere. I'm going nuts here. I literally gave up my life to protect you, okay? To give you a life without trouble, and we're doing it, right? We're doing it. I, I mean, a mentally ill boy and a dead woman. We're actually doing it. We're, we have customers. We, we, we have a life. I know, and I appreciate Stop it. Stop saying you appreciate it! I had brought up this actor before, and I'm going to bring him up again. There's another character in the show, lives on the fringes. When Dylan finally learns the truth about his birth father being, you know, Norma's brother, he goes off and leaves the family for a while and gets into the drug trade in North Pines Bay. And buys a piece of land and his neighbor is played by Ryan Hurst. Ryan Hurst was Opie in Sons of Anarchy and met his demise in that show because 
not just how good the character was from from the moment we met him and not just because of how close he was to Jax. He was the moral compass to Jax. But it's because of how intelligent this man is, Ryan Hurst, and what a great actor he is. What he did with this character, he's this intelligent but shady, dark guy that lives very close to Dylan and introduces himself as Chick Hudson. He is the one that built the freezer to store Norma's body in. But we don't know that at first. He stops by the house, sees Norman dressed up as Norma, and starts to realize what's going on. That Norman's a, that's a, he's a, he's a schizophrenic. Uh, is that right? Multiple personality disorder he suffers from. And that he's seeing his mother, he's seeing his dead mom, and he's acting like her. He moves into the house with them, and he pretends to see the mother also. So when Norman isn't acting as the mother, he's seeing and hallucinating the mother. And Chick is pretending to also see her and hear her. And he's invited into the fold. And his reasons are curiosity and respect. He admires Norman for some strange reason. He admires his insanity, and he starts to write a true crime novel about what he's seeing in the house. He starts to record their conversations secretly and what's going on. So cut to... Sheriff Romano being locked up in prison, breaking out of prison. Sights set on Norman, heads over to the Bates Motel, gets up to the house. It's empty. Norman isn't there. So he goes up to the bedroom and he falls asleep, crying on the bed that him and Norma used to share together. And he wakes up to hear a voice in the basement. It's harder on her. She used to love to be around people, but she got hurt so many times. I don't miss seeing her in pain. But this is what's best for us, so I manage. Hands up, hands up, get them up. Uh, up. I hope that my presence isn't too, you know. Well, hey. You want me to turn off the tape recorder first? Well, I worried about that, but everything's been fine. Not to put my hands up, it's stupid. What the hell are you doing here? Well, it's kind of difficult to explain. Well, why don't you try? All right, well, where to begin? This looks weird. All right, starting simple. After Norma died, Norman felt lonely. And I felt lonely after my kid and my wife took off, so we became friends. You know, but when I say it like that, it sounds like, you know, reductive. It wasn't just a, a, a friendship of necessity. I recognized in Norman that he had the soul of an artist. When I was in college... Check. What are you doing here? You want me to say that he's crazy? I wouldn't say that he's crazy. Oh, really? I would Okay. Maybe the world tosses that word around too much. He killed his mother. And he loved her. So, so I'm, I'm gathering that it was probably very hard for you to get here. And that you're feeling a little miffed that Norman's not home. Where is he? So, my sources tell me that last night he confessed to murder. He's in jail. Oh, what the hell are you doing here? Dancing with newborn angels trying to catch a muse. Why don't you say it like a normal person? I'm writing a book! About what? Look, I know, it sounds bad. 
I wrestled with my own feelings of, of, of exploitation, but after I got to know them, Norman and, and, and Norma, and this beautiful haunted old house, I felt an obligation to, 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 to record the events that have happened here. Son of a bitch, you son of, you, if you know what Norman's done, you're an accessory to murder. Says the escaped convict. So this is where he keeps him, huh? That's a little obvious. Norman's more romantic than that. Oh, yeah? Then why are you sitting here? Because I wanted to feel what she felt. What are you talking about? To be adored like a queen. He built this place for her. Like a mausoleum. Wait, wait, what the hell are you talking about? He dug her up. He dug her up. Where, where is she now? I don't know. Must have had the foresight to move her before the cops came and searched the house. Looking at you standing there. The sheriff who's escaped from prison on a mission to avenge the woman he loves from her murderous and sick son. It's like, <laughs> like too much, man. You guys are perfectly worthy adversaries. Perfect. <laughs> the artificiality of, of scripted drama doesn't hold a candle to true crime. Utter surprise without contrive. More surprise than the brain would allow you to imagine. And I found the scene to be stand out. It was a perfectly played scene by both actors. Revelatory. And it was to the Bates Motel series what the final scene of Psycho was to the film, where the psychiatrist explains Norman Bates's sickness to the cops. Most of his scenes in the series, he uh, he he stole, stole, just insane. It, it's a dark, it's a dark, it's a dark season, man. It's a dark finale, but it starts to touch on Psycho. We meet Marion Crane. And it, it's nuts because it, they do it in such a beautiful way. Marion Crane is played by Rihanna in this series and you don't see it coming you think you do because we've you know if you if you're a fan of the of the film you know you know that this is the shower scene right you know you know what happens to Marion Crane she fucking dies in the shower scene in this rendition uh Sam Loomis is a married man Norman Bates meets Madeline Loomis, his wife, who owns a hardware store in town, and she has a striking similarity to Norma. So he gets to know her. At the same time, this man shows up at the hotel, and he doesn't see who she's with, but when he asks for a room... He says he needs it for a few hours, and Norman says, we're not that kind of establishment. And the guy says, well, my name is Dave, Dave Davidson. And he goes, well, we, you know, we, we're not that kind of establishment. He says, okay, fine, what would it cost for the, for the night? And he says, for the night it would be $120. So the guy gives him $120, and then Norman takes the money. Guy goes into the room with, with a woman, and... Uh, Norman takes a picture frame off the wall and peers through 
because he puts them in room one. He peers through the, the peephole, the legendary peephole, and sees this guy having sex with a woman. He can hear a woman's voice, and the guy's obviously having... He's having, having a quickie with somebody in the room. Well, this woman is Marion Crane. This is this is Rihanna. Dave Davidson is cheating on Madeline, and Norma starts whispering in Norman's ear that this is a bad guy. This is a bad guy. So Rihanna shows up at the hotel one night after stealing, I think in this series it's $800,000 in cash, just like she did in, in, in the movie. She ends up going to the Bates Motel. She doesn't know that he's married, same as the wife doesn't know that he's having an affair. She's telling him to come over to the hotel, and she's calling him and calling him, and finally she just decides she's going to take a shower. And he's watching her get undressed, and she gets into the shower, and Rihanna's taking a shower, and we're all assuming that this is going to be the big moment, right? Well, as she's in the shower, she's she's in there and she's washing up and the camera angles start to mesh in with Hitchcock's camera angles. We see a shot of the shower head and we see her washing up and suddenly, you know, the music starts music starts to kick in and then This shit. <laughs> so there's justice there. She doesn't die. It's not a man kills a woman thing here. They give the woman strength, and he ends up saving her, and she makes her way out of the Bates Motel. And he has to fight his mother about it, who he is... He's, he's fighting himself. He's trying to see clearly and he's trying to understand that it's not his mother he's been seeing, that he's delusional and that he's going crazy, but he's having a problem grasping reality. This entire time, Dylan has gotten married and had, had a child and he's living in Seattle and it's been two years since the end of season four and the beginning of season five, he has no idea his mother is dead. And his wife, who was close with Norma, ends up getting the news over the internet after she finds out that Norma, Norman has killed her mom. Dylan confesses that he, he found something in the hotel at one point and he suspects that Norman might have done something to the mom and then she looks online and sees the news and tells Dylan and Dylan calls up his brother to confront him what the hell is going on down there and this is Freddie Highmore acting man the hysterics hello Norman it's me Dylan the hell is going on down there Norman why didn't you tell me that mom died? I, I just didn't know how to reach you. Well, you could have figured it out. You left, Dylan. You changed your number. You said you didn't want to be contacted, and I was just respecting your wishes. Norman, I called you after I left. I tried to reach out. You told me it'd be best if we didn't speak. How is that my fault? Why would you keep this from me? Because it was too painful. I was shut down. I couldn't deal with anything. I couldn't bring myself to tell you the horrible truth, which is that she, she committed suicide. Bullshit. She, she wouldn't do that. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way, Dylan, but that is what happened. No, 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 no. That is not what happened. I know her and she wouldn't do that. Oh, come on, Dylan. You never knew her that well. So take it from me, all right? She had a darkness in her and she killed herself and died from carbon monoxide asphyxiation. In fact, she tried to kill both of us. It was even confirmed by the authorities. Uh, I, I don't understand. Why, why, why would she do that, Norman? I don't know 
why, but I don't want to discuss it anymore, okay? Okay, well, 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 I do want to discuss it, okay? Because she was my mother, too. None of this makes any sense. It was a horrible tragedy, Dylan. Tragedies don't make sense. That is why they are so horrible. It never should have happened, but it did, and now she's gone. What, what else is there to say? What else? There is nothing. I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to talk, period. So, thank you for calling, but goodbye. So a devastated Dylan starts racing down to the Bates Motel to go confront Norman to find out what happened. He was very aware, as the watchers of the show know, that Norman was sick. So he races down there, and at the same time, Sam has gone to the hotel to find Rihanna who has made her way out of there because Norman was about to flip out and kill her and he rushed her out of there. So she split. So that guy's down there and he's waiting for her and Norman's freaking out. And Norma is down in the hotel in the room right next to this guy who's about to jump into the shower and she starts to talk to him and he he starts to confront her he knows it's not his mom anymore do you remember when you were little your dad would get so scary and you and i would hide stop talking like you're her we both know you're not okay you are a big boy now let's talk on an even level okay one adult to another Your mother suffered. You kept me from feeling things, didn't you? Feeling bad things? Yes. That's why you created me. When you were little and you were so scared and your dad got violent and your mom was so scared over and over and you were so afraid that you sent me out to handle things for you. Things that you couldn't stand to feel because they were so painful and so scary and you were so little. You've always been there with me to keep me safe. Yes. We are two parts of the same person. Both are very real. But there's one thing you don't know. The pain that I keep you from feeling you need to feel it. Like Adam wanting all the knowledge and eating the apple in the Garden of Eden. You get the truth, but you also see the pain. We are partners now, Norman. You have no choice. We are on even footing. Your father was a bad and scary man. You wanted to protect her from him, but you couldn't. I didn't want to. Mother killed me that I was so small that there was nothing I could do. But you thought about it. You thought when I'm big enough, I'll kill her. I did. I wanted to save her. I did. She was so sweet. She didn't deserve it. But you couldn't save her. All you could do was watch. Watch her get abused. I don't want to fail this. You wanted to know the truth? Well, I don't want to know you it anymore. You wanted to understand who I am? I, never mind. I'm sorry. It's too late, Norman. It is here. There's one thing that stops you from feeling it. It's what I've always done for you. It's what you wanted to do to your father. It's what you want to do to that asshole inside that room. He's bad, Norman, like your father was. He is hurting innocent women like your mother, using them like trash. You're not too little now, Norman. This is a dangerous game. But in this version, I was all right. the cheating husband for a while. is the one in the I shower.
to Hitchcock the shower curtain rips off in the exact same way you see the rings tear off and, and, and you see the guy's face land on the floor just like Janet Lee's the exact same position with just one eye staring the thousand yard stare right into the camera as the camera starts to back up so we cut over to Sheriff Romero getting a hold of Norman and forcing him to take take him to Norma's body, which Norman has put up in the woods. And Norman ends up killing the sheriff, and the sheriff taunts him as he's dying and... Norman goes back home and his brother is there and he's in this state where he's gone back in time to when they bought the hotel and he's dragged his mother's body back with him and he's setting, he's making dinner for all of them, for his brother Dylan himself and his dead fucking mother who's sitting at the head of the table. And when his brother comes in, he sees his mother. He just throws up and realizes how fucked in the head Norman is. And he's trying to talk to him and he's like, she's dead. And he's like, well, it's not real. If we don't want it to be, we can just imagine it's not, and it won't be. And, and Dylan's like, what are you dude? What are you doing? And, uh, he's got a gun on him and Norman pulls a knife out and Norman uh, charges after his brother and his brother's begging him not to and in that moment he tries to stab his brother and his brother shoots and kills him and as Norman dies he's lying in his brother's arms dying he imagines himself meeting up with Norma again in heaven and they embrace and as the camera circles around the both of them it's Norma holding on to Norman but it's Norma holding on when the camera switches angles it's Norma holding on to a very young Norman a little boy and the last words Norman Bates speaks is thank you and the show ends. The dynamics between the characters. It really felt like every time you went into an episode, the Bates Motel was like a little bit of a home. It was such a quaint, um, tight-knit cast. You really felt a family. It ended on a on a great on a great note and it's a bravo to everybody involved it, it was it was excellent the finale um, with with Marion and with the way that that played out I thought was was wonderful and it was of the time you know it she was she was strong she destroys this guy's car when she finds out that he's married and Rihanna did a really good job. It was a great choice to pick her. It was just great, just great. And Beats Motel, uh, bravo. Listen, man, I'm out. But there's one thing I wanted to say. I, I can't even get into this shit. Chris Cornell, I, I haven't been, I don't think I put a podcast out for months at this point. Chris, 
Cornell man took his life, right? So we lost Chris and uh, I was beyond devastated. I think as we all were, I mean, you know, why? I don't know. I just started screaming and crying and just wished I could have been in the room. I wish I could have charged in the room along with everybody else that loved him and stopped him. The pain that you must be in to do something like that. I, I'm not talking about this. So, God bless his wife and his kids and, ah, Chris. Chris, man, fucking, I don't know. Um... I don't know. Didn't he know? Didn't he know? <laughs> Eddie Vedder wrote a song about Lane Stanley when he found out he died. Just a raw song. It's on the Lost Dogs album after B-Girl, which is the final track on the second disc. And it's like 10 minutes of silence and then the song comes on and it makes me think of him and I could probably get in all sorts of trouble for playing this fucking song but I'm playing it for Chris uh, I'm playing it for Chris I'm not sure what uh, and I'm not sure what the next episode will be I think it's going to be about the leftovers um, but uh, and I'm not sure who will be on or what shape it'll take but I promise you one thing I'll always be on and this is for Chris Oh
sing just like him Fuckers It won't offend him Just me Because he's dead 